Toontown Public Works is not for kids, even though Sir Casey and I are childish cartoons. We try our best to keep the show PG-13, but regardless, we do talk about a lot of adult content. Stuff like weird sex things, and, um, and butts! Enjoy the show! Toontown Historical Society presents Toontown Public Works, a program where three highly unqualified doofuses make a mockery of themselves in the name of preserving this great city's forgotten classics. Hello, and welcome to Toontown Public Works, where we trust the name and find the hidden gems. I'm H.T. I'm Casey the Dog. I'm Sir, the Cat. Happy 25th episode, everyone. We, uh, we made it. Yay! And as a special bonus, this episode will be in uh, Snotovision because I'm sick. So That is the bonus we decided on. We had to work really hard to get HT sick for this. Yeah, yeah, it basically just dumped me in like a vat of like, like stagnant pond water and then like just kept me in a freezer for like 15 minutes and that pretty much did trick right there. I didn't wash my hands for like a week and then I rubbed them all over his face. Oh. Ew. It got you sick, so it worked. I mean, you must have done that when I was asleep and passed out from being stuck in the stagnant pond water. So. <laughs> Basically, uh, yeah. But, but okay. Uh, so, uh, if you haven't listened to us before, uh, we are a uh, podcast where we watch cartoons uh, that have fallen into the public domain. Uh, and we also talk about the latest news and whatnot, so we're going to get right into the latest thing. And uh, personally, I want to try to keep this section a little shorter than we have been lately, so uh, I think we're just going to kind of relegate it to just a couple topics. Um, so I think what I want to talk about, like, did you, did you, first off, did any of you have anything you wanted to talk about specifically? I do. Uh, just... Uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention one thing in passing. Do you want okay. us to go first, or...? Yeah, you go first. Okay, um, I posted in our chat that just the other day, uh, DreamWorks Animation posted a very cryptic tweet that just says, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Uh, I don't know that we have any details about what that is, but uh... it sounds like it's probably... I don't know. My my guess is it's probably How to Train Your Dragon Three. <laughs> it is. Uh, yes. Uh, okay. That's what everybody's saying right now. Oh, okay. That's good because uh, yeah. there's been so many How to Train Your Dragon spinoffs at this point. Well, like, yeah, they Netflix they made uh, two TV shows, right? Like they made they yeah. made one after the first one and one after the second one. So they have yeah, one was, special. Well, thanks. The I think the first one was on Nickelodeon and the second one was on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, how it, so. Um, but yeah, um, I will be excited to see that because uh, How to Train Your Dragon 1 and 2 are adorable films, and I think they're really great. I like um, them a bunch. I like Toothless. He is a cutie pie. And uh, of course it is because Chris Sanders designed them, and Chris Sanders does, is the king of making things that would be kind of weird and scary and make them actually really adorable. So Yes. He, is he also a, did Stitch. He, he is did a, Stitch. Yeah. Yeah. He is a very oh. quirky artist, and he does very quirky designs. It's it's neat to see him get doing work, you know? Fun Chris Sanders fact. Uh, so it's only been very recently, because you see, okay, so Chris Sanders, he also voices Stitch, uh, and he did so in the movie. Uh, he left Disney 
like pretty no like basically after the the his version of bolt folded uh and uh but the thing is is that he loved the character so much or i don't actually don't even know necessarily the situation here but uh but he voice stitched well long after he basically started doing stuff like how to train your dragon and stuff like that we was doing stuff with dreamworks like uh in kingdom hearts he played stitch in that he played in the tv shows and a lot of the straight to dvd stuff like that uh so hey, uh, I think only very recently they, they did get a replacement, but I'm not entirely sure of the situation there. That's very cool of him. Yeah. Yes. Even though uh, none of those things were good after the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, he also did it for like just general like if Stitch showed up in this thing or other, or like a theme park or something like that, he did it. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. But. You know, it's 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 just a neat little fact that he. I don't know if it's a, due to like a contract or if he had an affection for the character, um, you know, something like that. Just Damn, like there's... James Woods and Hades, although we don't talk about him anymore. James Woods, uh, f- I don't even want to talk about it. Sh- f- him, <laughs> f- that asshole. Though I, 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 while we're talking about uh, James Wood and Hades, uh, it's hilarious because uh, so. For uh, re-chain of memories, uh, which I basically skipped. Like, I played some of it, but it is, in my opinion, a very unnecessary game, and I do not like playing it. Uh, but they have actual cutscenes in that one. And, uh, actually, no, 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 it wasn't, it, that's right, it wasn't Chain of Memories. It was uh, that, what you call it, that one uh, uh, recoded game. And there were cutscenes in, like, Olympia, and there were Hades scenes. And uh, at first, I was like, God, this James Woods impersonator is terrible. But it turns out it actually was James Woods. It just is the most not-give-a-f**k I've ever heard him do. Like, normally, (laughs) like, like, even even in, like, Kingdom Hearts 2 or any of the other Kingdom Hearts games, he gives his A-game Hades. He does a really f***ing good job. Uh... But, like, for some reason, or I don't know, he just would not f***ing feel it or whatever, but he just sounds old and ragged, and he just is not doing his shit there. Maybe they told because him. it was a cell phone game. <laughs> yeah, basically, they told him it's not relevant to the story, and he's like, oh, okay. And, like, cell phone, cell phone games at the time that was released were not the way we know cell phone games today. <laughs> They've changed well, quite well, a bit. I mean, it it was for the DS English release. Oh, so. okay. Uh, then whatever. I don't know. I don't know, but um, you know, it's it was a, it's just a weird little tidbit. Uh, and uh, speaking of Kingdom Hearts, I don't want to make this the big segment, but uh, I did go through all of Kingdom Hearts two, and my opinion of Kingdom Hearts has actually changed a bit. Uh, Sora doesn't piss me off as much as he used to. <laughs> um, and uh, like he's a lot more charming. There are definitely parts where he's just a fucking dumbass, and I hate him. But like, uh, mainly in like the Mulan sections. But like, for the most part, he is pretty affable and interesting. And really, once you're in the mindset that like the Kingdom Hearts worlds are basically just theme park attractions that Sora's going through, uh, it it kind of works a little bit better, honestly. Uh, it's I like okay, I still don't fucking understand nobodies. I don't. <laughs> I really don't. Um, but, like, apparently that's supposed to be explained in Dream Drop Distance, which I haven't gotten to yet, but a little bit. Uh, but, but, yeah, basically, I'm basically getting up to Birth by Sleep, and God, that remaster was a very not good remaster. <laughs> uh, 
But, like, they didn't do anything to make it... Like, they updated the textures a bit, uh, but, like, the subtitles are just, like, gigantic. It really does look like it was just a PSP game they brought onto a console. So, but, anyways. Uh, so, Sir, did you have anything? Um, well, Casey took my, uh, my response there, so... Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 that's cool. That's all good, dude. Um... So, in terms of, like, a topic that I kind of want to briefly touch upon, because uh, this isn't the main topic I want to talk about, but uh, I kind of do want to talk a little bit about uh, the whole Apu thing with The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. Because we've, we've had, like, a, we've talked about The Simpsons a lot in the past. Um, so, if you're not aware of what's going on, uh, basically, there was this documentary that was released uh, called The Problem with Apu. Uh, where an Indian uh, fan of The Simpsons basically went to other Indian comedians and uh, just uh, started talking about like uh, like how they feel about Apu. And generally speaking, it is a very negative thing. Like some of them straight up hate The Simpsons because of that character. Uh, while, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and basically, it wasn't like a film that didn't have like a ton of like... Uh, like it was, it got a lot of good reviews, but it didn't really get very much traction. It wasn't even like theatrically released. I don't even think, um, but it was, it was, it was like you know, it wasn't a huge deal. But Simpsons, the Simpsons decided to actually talk about it for some reason, uh, despite that, because I don't know why, because they could have just easily ignored it, and then they decided to make Sims, uh, Lisa Simpson talk about political correctness. And, like, how, like, oh, the modern society is too politically correct, in a way. Not her exact wording, but, like, it is one of the most embarrassing moments in all of Simpsons history. It's <laughs> uh, not a character for her. Yeah, it is, it's, it's not remotely what Lisa Simpson would say. Uh, that people have well pointed out that uh, there are episodes where she straight up says the point that most people make about like that, like about like what she would think actually make about when it was coming to uh, Malibu Stacy and how it, how like a uh, negative, uh, negative stereotypes can actually like uh, codify on kids of like expectations and all that kind of stuff. It, it sets societal norms, and that was the whole point of like the problem with Apu is that it did kind of do that for Indian Americans who had to basically deal with this stereotype, um, and it's uh. I mean, I'm not going to say too much more because I don't want to be the white guy who says he knows everything about the subject. I haven't even seen the problem with the poo, but I just wanted to mention it just because I felt like that we have talked about The Simpsons before. And I think it's so incredibly fucking lame what was happening here. Hey, guess yeah. what? I can say words about this. Okay. So I'm going to go back to the wild comic books and say that when there's problematic elements with a character, just just move him on from those problematic elements. Develop him forward. It's not it's not that hard. Yeah, it's doable. You can you can you don't have to remove a character. You can just well. Push so him. Will, yeah, you sorry, you finish. I you can just push him forwards and develop him more and make him less of a one note stereotype and. He would be happy, I think. With See, that. My, my feeling is that what the Simpsons actually did was exactly the worst thing they could have possibly done. I mean, basically. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, say that they were going to do nothing and 
deal with it, basically. And just say that, well, people used to think it was a good character, and it's like, sure. Well, but so, like, like my... Sorry, I'm, I'm interrupting everyone. Like, my... No, no, go ahead. My, uh, my real question about this is, like, exactly how many people who were around during the inception of the character Apu, who, uh, who helped develop him into a character in the Simpsons canon, were present to make the decision to write this line for Lisa Simpson. Do you think uh, that, like, probably, probably very few? none of them. None of them, honestly. You know? I think like, there's almost none of the original writers are on The Simpsons right now. Yeah, so, like, I, I feel like uh, be, beyond the much, much larger problem, which is the racism, obviously, uh, we have another problem, which is uh, which is people using a platform that they basically haven't earned <laughs> to speak right. for a television show that is no longer even really the same television show that it was back when uh, back when these problems first arose. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not that I necessarily think that the old writers would have addressed it differently. I guess I don't really know the old writers. I'm just, I'm just saying that kind of, uh, that kind of upsets me as well. I, I only want to say more about this. Cause I, I really, like I said, I didn't really want this to be the main subject. Yeah. I actually have things I want to talk about, but, uh, uh, is that as a kid, I really loved Apu, and I actually thought of him was like interesting, and I actually really liked, uh, like he he did definitely introduce me into a lot of Hindu and uh East uh like some uh, uh Indian culture like uh East Indies culture and all that kind of stuff that I thought was actually really cool and interesting, and I did do eventually do my research on, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, now as an adult, I do see a lot more of the negative stuff pop up, and I'm not going to defend any of that. I just like I, I guess, like the thing that sucks about what Lisa says is that she's technically not like she's 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 wrong, but like she basically says like this character was considered, uh, you know, this a, character was celebrated. I think is the word they use. Like was celebrated as and stuff like that, and then, uh, but now is considered politically incorrect. And I definitely well, like, like what she's saying there. Is it wrong? But what she's saying is bullshit because just because it's now considered incredible doesn't mean that that we're like we're the ones in problem. It's because you our society has changed and yeah, we like, expect more from our media. Like before, it was like like that was like our only real representation of that kind of character for like years, years, and that's kind of pathetic. And it's still like very rare to get an East Indian character. Uh, on like television that's like nuanced, especially in a cartoon, you know? Uh like basically he had to wait until like fucking Master of None to even get that on like any sort of like like adult TV show or anything like that. And like I don't know. It's it's such a fucked up situation. Cause like they like they they if they said nothing, I probably would have not cared. But the fact that they said the exact wrong thing makes me really mad. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It was it was pretty off color. Um, yeah, I have more to say about it, but let's not. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, what I want to talk about, if for real, for real, uh, is that I saw two animated movies. Okay, uh, and the in the time between uh, uh, the f- one is Isle of Dogs, which Casey also saw. Mm-hmm. 
And the other is Sherlock Gnomes. <laughs> because I hate myself. Um, I mean, you already now, got a cold. Did you have to punch yourself more? This was before I got the cold, so it's entirely possible this was my ground zero or like my, my, my you know, that, for this kind of thing. That the like is where sick. you got sick. It's a, it's a slow acting sickness. Um, the poison's inside but, you. Yeah. Um, but no, like, okay, so uh, I want to quickly talk about Sherlock Gnomes first because I feel like that then Casey and I could have a conversation about Isle of Dogs. Uh, but basically, here's the thing, the weirdest thing about Sherlock Gnomes it doesn't suck. I mean, it's not great. And uh, I think it's one of those movies that will be forgotten in like five years or something like that. But I haven't seen the first one. I haven't seen Romeo and Juliet, which I've heard is okay. Uh, but this is all right. Like basically, it's just a weird version of Sherlock Holmes's story told in a different way. And like basically like... Uh, like it, the, the there was actually what what, what kind of struck me a bit is that uh this movie was actually kind of smart about how romantic relationships are supposed to work, uh and what's really funny though is like because okay so basically like Nomi and Juliet are having a fight because uh you know they've recently got they're basically now the head of their like gnome tribe or whatever because they're garden gnomes they're actually like literal ceramic garden gnomes that move when people aren't looking, uh. They're the head of their tribe now. They've inherited it from their parents. And, uh, like, they ha- start having, like, a weird power struggle. And uh, the way that it ends up playing out is that, like, they use that kind of power struggle problem where, like, one undermines the other's abilities and intelligence and all that kind of stuff to the Sherlock Holmes and Watson thing, like, dynamic, which is basically what happens, like, basically in this film – uh, Sherlock Holmes and Watson, like, well, like Sherlock Holmes is cartoonishly like, like, like dunking on Watson all the time, and uh, like Watson ends up being like, uh, like, oh, uh, if you want, don't want spoilers, ooh, uh, then sort of <laughs> like, but Watson ends up being like the first bad guy because he was secretly the one behind all the kidnappings going on. But then it turns out that he was being manipulated by Moriarty, who is this weird bakery shop character. I don't know. Um, but it's just it's funny to me because it basically is 100 percent conflating the romantic relationship between Nomeo and Juliet with Sherlock Holmes and Watson. And it's hard to not read that as being 100 percent gay. <laughs> Like it is, they they have a lot of moments where it seems like they're just a bickering couple, and it fucking rules. Um, so you're saying that they sacked up and did what the BBC refused to do? Exactly, basically. Um, also, uh, like Moriarty. Speaking of their animation of uh, Moriarty was fucking phenomenal. Uh, it's like this really ultra exaggerated cartoon. So it really reminds what it reminded me most of was uh, Darla dimple from uh cats don't dance like she has a lot he had a lot of the same facial expressions and stuff like that and uh i really really love it though um uh the baffling thing sorry go on go on the the baffling thing to me about this uh series in particular is not that it exists it's that it it's that it was in theaters 
Like that's that's the only remarkable thing about Romeo and Juliet, which seems like a pitch perfect straight to DVD film idea, right? Yeah. I can yeah. see like, yeah. Yeah, or like a straight to I, Netflix type thing. So like I, I'm I'm relieved to hear that it isn't terrible because the trailer was really bad, as I understand a lot of the stuff in the trailer was omitted from the film. Oh uh, yeah, like wait, really? there's a yeah. yeah, like there's a scene where like one the the gnome in the mankini like farts multiple times in like a yeah. mud pit. Uh, and that was nowhere in the movie. <laughs> yeah, like it, I almost wonder if they were like, we don't have a whole lot to get kids to see this film. <laughs> oh no, because it actually does have moments of like denominator. No, does it really? Like, yeah, because like there's like a lot of parts where it's basically just characters talking about relationships. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh see, yeah. Like that's that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking is like they must have and, like made this film and been like shit. How are we going to market else, this to children? <laughs> and everything else would be a spoiler to the. Uh, mystery mm. that which yeah. i guessed uh like the first twist i guess like i'm country mile away and then the second twist is total bullshit like it makes no fucking sense but whatever um i'm, I'm uh, just imagining now hmm kids like borat right why don't we have a have a little dwarf in a bikini in this <sighs> but but like um I mean, there are definitely funny moments, and there are gargoyles that also move and stuff, and they are actually, I really like the designs of them a lot. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's, it could be worse, and I was expecting to go in there in the same kind of vein of, like, me going to see the Emoji movie, but it really isn't that bad. Like, I wouldn't even consider putting this on, like, our, like, uh, our, like, other sub-pub podcast. Like, it's not that bad. It's actually pretty alright. Um, but now that we've gotten that out of the way, Isle of Dogs. Okay, I am going to very quickly boop out of the room. You can poke me when <laughs> you guys are done. Cause we'll be we'll be fast. I think I don't want to get spoiled. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. All right. Um. See you soon, listeners. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bye bye. So um, you go first. No, I've been talking all the time. You can do it. Um. So I liked Isle of Dogs. Uh, I thought it was uh, I thought it was a really good movie. I think so. Like, there there is definitely a conversation to be had, and I'm I'm sure people have seen the articles. There's definitely a conversation to be had about cultural appropriation and the way that it applies to this film. It's not racist. I wouldn't call it like a, a straight up like like overbearingly racist film. I would say that it is definitely it it is definitely sort of a insensitive. A, no, well, I don't know. I, it's a very I mean, touristy depiction of Japan. Like it, the the characters, like the what the reviews that I saw said that uh, said that the Japanese people in this film feel kind of like they're tourists in their own country because and and that I sort of uh, I sort of see where they're coming from and I think it's important that we listen to uh, uh, the Japanese and Japanese American critics who make those statements. Uh, that being said, it is, I, I think it's a good movie. Um, I guess the other thing I sort of realized as I was watching it is that uh, Wes Anderson, for how good he is at filmmaking, which I do believe he is, uh, is not very good at writing women. <laughs> he, uh, no, he, yeah, not really. Yeah, um, like I feel like there's always there's always sort of a Margot Tenenbaum in his films, and I, I feel like the I feel like the theory that I've got going on in my head is that uh, is that a lot of the time straight male directors uh, 
write the types of women they want to have sex with in these films. Right. Um, right. You know, and in Wes Anderson's case, like it's it's not an it's not an unempowering uh, female character. It's uh, it's a very like he, they're always very stoic, independent women. Uh, but this this movie is not any exception to that. Just in that the, I mean, I, I'm like, sp- I'm talking specifically about the dogs in this case. I mean, uh, yeah, specifically yeah. the dogs. I feel like that one protester character girl. Uh, I actually liked her a lot. And, I thought she was a good uh, character, and and, but, and I felt it, this this film definitely did pass the Bechdel test, which isn't the case for some um, other Wes Anderson movies. It, it passed uh, it for it. Pa- I only counted one time it passed the Bechdel test, and that's when that girl speaks to Yoko Ono's character, who I believe was named yeah. Yoko Ono. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it was. Uh, and, no, no, one hundred percent. That's that's what I'm talking about. Like specifically yeah. that scene. Uh, yeah. So just now, just for brief moments, it does. I mean, like, I, I, here's what I'm going to say. Uh, so I, I really, 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 really liked uh, Isle of Dogs. Um, my impression is that, like, if you're coming into this movie expecting Fantastic Mr. Fox 2 or something like that, like, nope. not necessarily like a sequel of Fantastic Mr. but, like, a, a similar film to Fantastic Mr. Fox, you're not going to get that because it's not really the same type of movie. Fantastic Mr. Fox is a very much a... Uh, one of those emotionally driven movies because like there's not a lot of logic to it it's a lot of just uh like one way you can put it is that it's a lot of animalistic nature kind of like instinct kind of stuff like there's a lot of things that feel like they make sense but they actually don't make sense you know it's kind of a i don't know it's it's just it's an interesting uh the the Fox is really fascinating because of that it's a very emotional like it's not like an emotional film but it's a very emotionally driven film and I like that uh Isle of Dogs is much more of a standard narrative uh where like it's about like a character redeeming themselves and like you know all that kind of stuff I feel like uh, a like, better comparison than the Fantastic Mr. Fox would be the previous two Wes Anderson films which were Moonrise Kingdom and the uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel which I think I, I haven't were kind of similar I haven't seen I haven't seen Grand Budapest, but I have seen Moonlight Kingdom, and I would say that's about right. Um, basically, like, uh, 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 really, um, there's a lot of really good things. There's a lot of really great moments that I thought were hilarious, and, like, I think the art style is fantastic. Uh, great lines. Jeff Goldblum just kills it as the dog who always talks about shit that he's heard about uh, from other things. But, uh, yeah, I think that your two concerns there are the ones that I think are probably the most uh, blatant ones, uh, yeah. mainly that Wes Henderson cannot write women, uh, mm-hmm. uh, because like there's like there is one well written woman, but she also immediately gets a crush on a boy that she's never seen before. So, um, uh, and then there's another woman who, uh, after their husband dies, she completely just breaks down. Which, sure, yeah, of course it it was a murder that happened out of nowhere, and uh, like you know, she obviously probably she did seem to know that it wasn't like intentional or anything like like it wasn't like him actually killing himself or something like that but still uh it's it, it, she kind of falls apart without the guy and then the one woman dog in the movie is a literal show dog uh and 90 that, and of her dialogue is about how she won't have babies with this yeah, other dog that one that one is the margot tenenbaum in this movie that's the that's the wes yeah. anderson character that you can't seem to stop finding i feel um, I, I, I really can't say I know much about that yeah. uh, personally, but 
Yeah, the he, other thing he makes is, a lot of course, good movies. They are very white. They are very male, uh, and that's yeah. not that's not inherently awful, but it, it, it no, is no. A, it is definitely noticeable in this film. It's, it's I, no exception. What I really want from uh, this movie, like what I would like to see, is a cut of Isle of Dogs where all the Japanese characters get their own subtitles. There's no interpreter or anything like that. They just so you hear see what they're saying all that kind of stuff uh and then the dogs uh they just bark <laughs> i want to see that version no, not because i think it'd be a better movie or anything but it'd be interesting like comparison between the two different things going on there you know uh yeah or like at the very least i would like a version where just where there is just subtitles like no interpreter or anything like that because i feel like the interpreter got in the way of a lot of stuff and like I would have respected the decision to never subtitle the Japanese characters a lot more uh, if they didn't have that interpreter character that shows up. Yeah. Because multiple, like, multiple interpreter characters. Yeah. Yeah. The, the multiple interpreter characters. And like, like, and also like, if like they say that, oh, well, they're not going to subtitle the humans, but then they subtitle the text for the humans all the time. Uh, and I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's, it, it's it, an interesting it's, stylistic decision. Uh, like, I feel like Wes Anderson realized, oh, shit, I can't have a whole bunch of these human characters who actually need to talk to humans and stuff like that and never explain what they say. Yeah. But instead of like going back on his original premise where he would have no subtitles for the humans, he just decided to add an interpreter, English interpreter into several different scenes. And it's like, you could have done better, dude. Honestly, <laughs> there's yeah. a lot better choices. We've, we've, we've talked mostly about the stuff we didn't really like about the film, but I think that overall I've got more good to say than bad. And uh, this is a cartoon podcast, so I guess the last thing I will sort of mention before we invite Cirque back in is that uh, I think that uh, c- compared to the Fantastic Mr. Fox... I feel like I feel like they must have learned like the, the the staff working on this film must have learned a lot from doing the Fantastic Mr. Fox because the animation in this film is much better. Not that oh, not that the uh, yeah not that it was bad the Fantastic Mr. Well, Fox but it's it's very good in this film. The animation is spectacular. The animation is a lot more seamless in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, uh, but it's still very stylistic in the same way the Fantastic Mr. Fox. Like they purposely yeah. uh, boiled the fur. Like basically, like they blew on it to make it so yeah. like it pops up and stuff like that, which is something they did purposely on because that's something Wes Anderson really liked. That was one of his favorite things about it's one of the vivid memories about King Kong, is seeing all the fur just kind of boil on King Kong, and so he knew like oh that was an actual person moving that around. And he found that really fascinating, yeah. and that's why he purposely does that for his stop motion movies. Um, but yeah, it's it's a. Uh, it's it, it's a really good movie. I would actually highly recommend seeing it. Uh, it is really funny. It's really charming. Uh, uh, it's inventive as all hell in terms of its uh, like uh, arts direction and it's like all this different kind of stuff. Um, I, yeah, I, I would highly recommend it. Like even if there are some elements that aren't very like they're kind of problematic, I wouldn't say mm-hmm. it's like enough to say don't see this movie it's not like offensive it's just kind yeah, just of be, like just be cognizant watch it watch yeah. it and listen to the people who are affected by the more problematic elements uh can we invite Cirque back in yeah go ahead all right hi yes did. Hello. hello all right hello, hello. hi cat uh we just talked about you the entire time no that's not that's not true <laughs> no well, it's only half true we talked, yeah we talked I, about I, 
I do that enough about myself already. Don't don't add to that. <laughs> oh no! No, you're making me feel bad. That's the point. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Get owned, son. Get owned. I turned this around on you. Oh no. <laughs> this conversation reminded me about one other thing I wanted to say about this movie, but I can't now because Circus Beck. We'll move on. Uh, okay. Do we have any more cartoon news? No. I have nothing. All right, let's go ahead and watch some public domain animated features. Hooray. Let me just go ahead and pull up the list. Okay, so the first short we're going to watch is... Uh, something called Joint Wipers. Joint Wipers? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> joint Wipers. I don't know. Sounds joint like some wipers. of my friends on Saturday uh, night. It sounds like some of my friends in Fallon. two days. <laughs> what? Wow. What? Wow. Uh, it, for, oh, yeah. We're, we're recording this. We're recording this on 418 for, for the... Uh, Listeners at home, uh, <laughs> just, just don't smoke all the for, weed for context because you you won't get this until after four twenty. So four twenty. Uh, yep. Four twenty. Four twenty. Nice. Nice. No, all right. That's no. Nice. That's that's the other nice. number. Come on. Nice. <laughs> Still nice. They can okay. they can they can both be nice. That's true. <laughs> all right. Let's watch. I'm still record. recording. I'm, <laughs> and when they meet, it's a happy land. It was a Tom and Jerry cartoon, uh, just so you know. It's a the 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 the, uh, the vagrant adult human Tom and Jerry, not the cat and mouse. Yeah, we we should explain this a bit more to I think to people who haven't like just uh, very briefly. Yeah, there were two Tom and Jerry's. There is the one you know, and then there was an old one that had people, and that's I think all we need to say. Otherwise, we're going to have to come up with a lengthy introduction every time we watch one of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was there was a lawsuit. Things. They got renamed to Dick and Larry. There you go. There you go. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's this cartoon was okay, but it felt very. I feel like we've seen this cartoon before, but it wasn't. Uh, last time we saw it, it was that one. Uh, what was it like? Oh crap! What was it? It was like there was the it was it had a fireman things going on. They were firemen. Oh, and it was very what, similar to that. You know, they both they both start with a with a phone call. No, no, no. The, what I'm thinking of is uh, there was that one cartoon with the the imposter Oswald, uh, where oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. the entire house and they even had but the same one, gag. But this one, this one was way better than that. Well, yeah, of course, because this yeah. one actually was semi comprehensible. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, I on. feel like probably those old cartoons had very similar content uh, partially as a byproduct of the fact that people were very unlikely to see a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I mean, basically the premise is that Tom and Jerry are plumbers. They go to a house to do plumbing at, uh, or rather sky rise. And, uh, they end up destroying the place. 
Because they suck. The entire city, in fact, they destroy. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like nearly (sighs) apocalyptic, but they don't seem to mind that much. Um, No, it was very weird that they started singing. I don't know why. Like, there are voices for this one for some reason, and I'm not sure why. Yeah, that hasn't been true of the other ones we've seen. Um, Yeah, so uh, I don't know. Do we want to do a play-by-play in this one or what? Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward. Like, the only things I really want to talk about are all the animal-related stuff. Because the, there's a lot of weird animal stuff that happens in this. That horse uh, is yeah. back, off, for one. Well, for yes, the horse is back. He's very briefly in the film. It's more of a cameo, but he is uh, basically gets up and leaves while dancing away, and he's free. For and reference, also, this, is the, the, uh, this is the, the horse from the Fireman like, uh, episode of... Tom and Jerry yeah. that we all fell in love with because he is a yeah. good boy and he just wants to do his best. Yes. And there was also, there was, it starts with a dog and they're Ugh. trying to do plumbing in their own home or whatever and they they can't get a nut to come off. Um, <laughs> yep, the jokes write the jokes write themselves, folks. <laughs> but they can't, they can't get they can't get a nut to come off and so <laughs> it can't, it's not funny twice or once. Um, so there, so the dog, the dog, instead of using a wrench, the dog tries to bite it off. And there's a very, a very disturbing part at the beginning where the dog's uh, skull is like twisting weirdly around it. It's very body yeah. horror. It's extremely strange. And like it again, echoing back, like they did weird stuff with like like teeth and dentures in the last Tom and Jerry cartoon we watched. Like they both they both actually have a lot of similar beats. Like the the, the last Tom and Jerry cartoon we watched started with a phone call and uh and the and they, they go to do their job at a residence that ends up burning down to the ground. This one is very much the same. Uh, they, uh, they get a phone call, they go to, uh, they go to, uh, like an apartment complex building and it waters to the ground. Maybe there's one where it winds to the ground and one where it earths to the ground. (laughs) Perhaps there is a philosopher's stone of Tom and Jerry cartoons in which buildings are destroyed. Um, Put them all together to unlock the mystery. Yes. (laughs) Uh... So you find yeah, a secret like, codex that you can find on the back of your old team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, another gag that's used in this one that I've noticed is in like, I would say easily, like easily half of the old inkblot style cartoons that we've watched in this show uh, have a, have a gag where something is sent over a phone line. <laughs> oh yeah. Like have in you noticed case, that? It's like hard. it's a. Yeah, either whether it's cyberpunk travel like we've established, or or in, in this case, it's water. Yeah, they they send water over uh, over a phone line, and the dog gets all wet and smells bad because wet dogs don't smell no good. And oh, I'm uh, sure you still then, wonderful, Casey. I know, I try, uh, <laughs> and uh, and this cartoon has many many animals. That are just sort of there, inexplicably. Yeah, like, I, I don't um, understand why why the animals. It's like it seems like this apartment building was one woman and then a bunch of stray animals of like various species. I have no idea what that's about. 
Yeah, so there's a dog, a horse, not even like anthropomorphized ones. Another dog, yeah, I don't know. Well, the, not anthropomorphized in in the in the Zootopia fashion. They are they yeah. are you know the the dog does understand English and attempts to twist off. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> right. Um, no, but like it's the, uh, uh, basically yeah. They're, they're, but they're all just feral animals, and like uh, it's. It's just, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't understand. Like, there's also a part where, like, a parrot just sort of appears and, like, and then the, like, starts singing, like, a pirate shanty and then they just, like, smack it. I don't know. Yeah, they turn it upside down. Why were they mean to the parrot? It wasn't doing anything. Yeah, they're just singing a song, a jolly old tune for the seven seas. Yeah, there there is a part of this cartoon that is actually extremely well animated, in my opinion, and it's the part where the, the water is going down the stairs. Uh, like uh-huh. there, there's a, there's a scene where water like drips down like a spiral staircase and it's like carrying everything with it. But like the, like they, the way they animated, um, the way they animated like the hallway as it followed the characters down the stairs was maybe not extremely impressive by modern standards, but, uh, but for the time, you know, like I, I haven't seen anything quite like that in, uh, in a cartoon from that era. Uh, yeah, so it was, was definitely cool. a beautiful. It was a beautiful shot, that's for sure. Um, yeah, and I felt like I felt like the the comedic timing was good in this cartoon. You know, like the the jokes were done at the right times. Uh, I mean, like I feel like I feel like it's kind of silly to to judge the quality of everything, but uh, you know, like that. That's how I feel. Um, Should we talk about I the like, song? Uh, what about the song? Uh, well, I mean, there's a song, and it like most of the cartoon is sort of like hung around it. It's yeah. It's a with a lot of these cartoons, like that's that's the thing. They'll have a song, and then they'll like that'll take up most of the uh, main short. Yeah, I think I feel like uh, like these cartoons. I feel like borrow a lot from vaudeville. Oh yeah, that's what I ever said. Um, with this is like like uh, Tom and Jerry probably are like straight up ripoffs of some vaudeville routine. Probably it's Abbott Costello. Honestly, that's probably what they're going for. Um, maybe, but or, I feel like I feel like because Abbott, Abbott like and Costello has a distinct straight man, uh, yeah, and I feel true. like Tom and Jerry doesn't. They're both kind of goofy, um, and the straight man is whoever is having to deal with their bullshit. Uh, right. So I don't know. Like it, they they could be they could be a rip off of a vaudeville act. A lot of cartoons were that way. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, it's 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 an okay, like, it, overall, I'd say this cartoon's okay. Uh, it's definitely not the weirdest, and it's definitely not the thing. Honestly, the weirdest f- part was the dog. Like, what the, f- that fucking... The dog was weird, yeah. <laughs> the dog was, the dog was weird, and that was, like, the thing that was most notable about this thing. That was, like, right at the very beginning. So, I don't know. It's, it's okay. If you want to see more Tom and Jerry cartoons, then this is definitely one of them. So. I feel like, yeah, I feel like if someone asked for an example of... A rubber hose style cartoon. This would be one that I could probably send them and be like, "Yeah, they're they're essentially kind of like this." Yep. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's. I thought it was good. I liked it. It was all right. Yeah. Um. Well, it was middle road for me. Workmanlike. Well, we've got we've got a real array of feelings about this cartoon. <laughs> oh, wow, good lord! That is, I feel like we have that's not very common. We're usually in concordance about these things. Eh, that's okay. That's okay. Who cares? 
we can life feel is meaningless and we're all gonna die so who cares uh, wow is that true <laughs> it's f***ed up if true oh no oh no <laughs> not me i'll see the heat death of the universe hooray you you know uh, what will you know what will potentially delay our time on Earth? <laughs> Watching another cartoon. Yeah, let's go. Another, another distraction from our yes. inevitable <laughs> falling from the the mortal coil. <laughs> Jeez, HT, it's only a cold. You're going to be all right. I'm gonna fucking die. <laughs> okay. All right, let's watch another one. Let's go back to. The list. Alex, drumroll. Okay, sure. What is this now? Uh, we are going to watch a Popeye cartoon. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, and it's going to be Aladdin and his wonderful lamp. I oh. am kind of scared. Yeah, that's that's worrying. We've had bad luck with Aladdin or with a uh, sort of Aladdin-ish cartoon in the past. So let's find yeah. out. Yeah, so let's find out. God. You know what? You know what I really find takes me out of the cartoon. What? Blackface. Yeah. <laughs> this cartoon uh. is racist. Twenty minutes long and boring. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Perhaps it is perhaps one of the worst cartoons we've seen, which is a shame because we've. I would say we are. Two for five. Right? This is the fifth... I I might be miscounting. I think this is the fifth Popeye cartoon we've seen, and we've liked so. two of them. We've liked <laughs> less than half. I, so, I, I asked I asked while going through this, is if there is like a jumping the shot shark moment for Popeye, does this, does this count? Because this feels like it counts. <laughs> well, we'd have to watch a bunch of them to find out. That's true. Um, uh, so... It was twenty minutes of bullshit. Yeah, like it starts. It starts. It's framed as olive oil writing a screenplay, and for some reason, in real life, olive oil rhymes when she speaks, but nobody rhymes inside of the story, which is very strange. And it actually starts out. The bad guy does. Oh, okay, sure. I didn't notice, uh, but I believe you. Um, yeah, like olive oil. Actually, what starts off as an extremely believable move uh, is that a screenwriter this. This cartoon starts with a screenwriter deciding that the perfect person to play a protagonist in a film that takes place in the Middle East is a, a white dude. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so she decides to give Popeye the leading role as Aladdin. And from then on, it is the story of Aladdin. It's the same as you remember it being, basically. I mean, this is, this is essentially just Olive Oil's fan fiction of people she knows in real life because like none of this actually gets filmed because I, I just want to spoiler uh 
the cartoon ends with like the Oliver like looking all exasperated after she's fucking written out all the script, and then she gets a letter saying, "Uh, we're kick- we're not doing the Aladdin thing, and we're kicking you out." And uh, that's the punchline of the cartoon, and it's like you know what. Yeah, because this because this sucked. This really sucked. It was just like, and this is just her like like this is literally just her masturbation fantasy about her boyfriend, basically how she Jesus. wants. Which, like that's you know, well, whatever. I, I did it have to be racist though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I mean like like yeah. it's just it's 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 up because it's like uh it sounded like that she was like trying to write like an actual like thing but then she just straight up just does the exact plot of like fucking aladdin without really changing anything whatsoever but like i don't know it's it's like there are blackface in the same way like same parts basically any servant character or guard servant character they are going to be a very dark-skinned person with big red lips that is 100 percent what they're going to do uh one of them even goes like salami salami poloni yeah they're mocking the way that they speak which is yeah. reprehensible. Like this whole cartoon Something from beginning bad. to end is reprehensible. Jeez, um, I mean, fun fact: my father used to do that salami, salami, bologna. I think he might have gotten it from this cartoon. Oh so, man, I'm sorry, yeah. dude. Yeah, um, it's so it's so. F- I mean, like, I, so like even I, even when you don't. Even when you omit the parts of this cartoon that are problematic from the discussion, which we shouldn't do and won't, but even if we did, uh, it, you still see a lot of it's, the problems with Popeye. Like, like uh, it's boring. Oh yeah, it's super it's, boring, and also like, like we've talked about how I think that the voice acting in Popeye is very uh, improvisational, and it's yeah. not. It is. It has never been more evident than it is in this cartoon, where I feel like every line was probably ad libbed in some way, uh, yeah. and, and very, and it's very exhausting <laughs> to listen. Like Popeye to. just can't shut up. There's at a scenes. yeah. There's a, he has a line where he's like, "I've never made love to someone in Technicolor before," and it's like, "Whoa." <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that might be the only thing that might be actually kind of funny, but I didn't I still laugh. Don't know that what the fuck that means? I think, well, I think it's. I think this might have been like the first color Popeye cartoon. I think that's what that's supposed to be about. Yeah, and, or or an early colored one. Yeah, uh, and like so, like literally, he's saying, "I want a fucking color." That's basically all he wants to do. Like, yeah, uh, and like so, I don't know. There, there was a scene at the beginning, or towards the beginning, where like the scene where he initially rubs the magic lamp and the genie comes out. Uh, where I like I, I had the thought like oh that's kind of amusing we have two characters that were played better by Robin Williams eventually, um, <laughs> and eventually Will Smith. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I still don't I still don't get what that genie was supposed to be. I mean, was he supposed to be like a gay stereotype because he talks like the fucking reluctant dragon from that Walt Disney short? Yeah, it seemed it seemed a little was. bit like there was some gay coding there was definitely racial coding that's a little bit hard to pin down but there definitely was some and uh and uh all i all i know is i don't like it yeah um, i i want i just wanted to say something real quick because i've been trying to say this for a bit but like yeah. Cirque, i have never heard you this miserable trying to watch one of the cartoons here <laughs> you were not having any fun here <laughs> that was yeah that was a fucking bad one i wasn't either i hated it but i also was kind of quiet the whole time I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't. 
I'm trying to think of maybe like highlights to talk about. Um, there's a part where uh, where Popeye blocks some like was it like some dragon's breath or something with asbestos, which brought us back to a previous cartoon. I think we watched two episodes, the making it move, the, the whatever, the one that was about like the how they animate stuff. Yeah, which I, we I don't think we ever addressed that in the podcast. Someone pointed out, uh, and I don't remember who it was. My apologies Chowder. for someone who was it. Uh, my friend Chowder. Oh, Chowder. Okay. Uh, yeah, they pointed out that the reason uh, the reason asbestos is uh, was used in that cartoon is be- is because uh, or the reason it was referenced in that cartoon that didn't make a whole lot of sense to us at the time is because asbestos is uh, is fireproof. So that's uh, so that's uh, uh, something they used in this one. I, it's boring to it's boring to even talk about this cartoon. <laughs> We're talking about asbestos. That is how fucking boring this cartoon is. <laughs> so dumb. It's not worth it. I don't know. Like I just it's, don't. It's just you know you know that part like at the end where they're about to like execute him by dropping a stone on him while he's running a turtle. Oh. I don't know what that's about. And he just oh. there's just a can of spinach in his like pocket. Look, it just it I, just feels like they they was were like okay we have to justify this is a Popeye cartoon. Blue I just is I just beginning riding a horse. He has spinach and he eats spinach three times and it helps him save the day. That's that's like, it. Like 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 okay 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 okay. I just want to really quickly talk about this execution because this is the most fucking ridiculous execution I've ever seen in my entire goddamn life. Uh, <laughs> it is like uh. It is like okay, so basically, uh, there's a giant stone, like perfectly carved, like smasher stone that's on a rope that's dangling above the air, right like in a gallows kind of area, and fucking Popeye, he's like tied up, and he's tied up to a turtle of all things that is slowly walking towards the 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 the, the thing, and it's, it's just like, like Breaking Bad. <laughs> No, this is this is one hundred percent like Breaking Bad, uh, but like it's like, what the fuck kind of like system is this? Like what? Like I I, I assume the turtle thing is complete bullshit. Uh, I I'm, I I wouldn't put it past people to have something like that as like the execution, like where they, they just drop a fucking stone on it. But it's just like, it's so fucking weird, and like if like. If, it feels like I have a fucking fever dream sometimes when I watch well, this Well, you cartoon. are you are, you, you are, are on medication. <laughs> that is true. So, I am t- I I am more loopy right now than I've been on uh, in a while on this show, uh, and it's just fucking me. I don't know. The more you know, kids, getting fucked up on cough syrup does not make bad cartoons good. No, it no. makes them worse, maybe. But um, it makes good <laughs> podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, Lord, I don't know. Like if if I had to list the if I had to pick a redeemable quality for this cartoon, I would say that it it, it was a Flesher Brothers cartoon, which means that it was animated very well. So yeah, to what there purpose, you go. Though? Yeah, like that's that's the thing. Is like it's like <laughs> it's sure it's uh it's technically you impressive. Like, you like bring but, up the futility of life again, Cirque? That is why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So <laughs> don't you go anti-life on me, buddy. <laughs> uh, but fuck me. Um, 
Anyways, I've been saying the word fuck so many times. I'm so sorry. I'm well, so yeah. sorry. This is uh, sorry for our it's, editors. It, it deserves it. It's it okay. deserves it. Hey there, everyone. Who likes superheroes? Yeah! Who likes shenanigans? Yeah! yeah! And who likes good decisions? Uh, no. Well then, it sounds like you're all primed and ready for the cool new podcast on the block, Rolls Off the Tongue. We're an actual play podcast where every two weeks our brave heroes develop their personal stories, trade blows, and get set up for victory, defeat, or mockery. Of course, it's usually mockery. We're on Podbean at rollscast.podbean.com, rolls underscore tongue on Twitter, and currently working on getting set up with iTunes. So give us a download, a listen, maybe both. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and cleanse our palate. Yes, let's hopefully get a good cartoon. So let us. And before wacky and packy. <laughs> There's not <laughs> that many left. Dare. There. The first one we liked. I don't know. <laughs> that would be really weird if we actually did like one of the wacky packies or one of those be, yeah, like, like three cats or whatever. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. Wacky and packy. I was thinking hunky and spunky. Yeah, no, we didn't like any <laughs> wacky and packy cartoons. They were both bad. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, all right. Never mind. So then let's forget go what I to said. The list. The list. List. Drum roll. me sideways all right what just it? happened okay uh um we are going to watch a three stooges cartoon <laughs> oh god uh viewer information all the three stooges cartoons we've seen before have been really bad And this one's called Let's Shoot the Piano Player. So uh, here's a a request out there for everyone out there in the Toontown Nation, uh, which is on Calling My Fans, or Our Fans, rather. Uh, if you could ever find like a cell from this cartoon, like the the Three Stooges cartoons, like I I, I highly doubt they exist anymore. It's probably a really cheap production. They might have it might have been one of those ones that they just washed the frame once they were done with it, so they could reuse it or something like that. But if any of those still exist, they f-ing please. recorded a, uh, one of the Ghostbusters cartoons with like the gorilla on it. <laughs> I just I, I want that cell. Uh, just so I can take a piss on it. <laughs> I'm done with this shit. Oh my god. <laughs> so, so it was f- it was bad, but at least it was short. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 it was, it was over quickly. So that's that's if I was to pinpoint my favorite thing about this cartoon, it's that it was over fast. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, can, we, uh, can we call it a cartoon if, like, most of the cartoon this time was the live action short? Because these these three Stooges cartoons they're divided into a live action short with the uh, Larry, Moe, and Curly characters like in the later stages of their lives, and a cartoon. And yeah, like this it's, time it's, around, the 
the live action short took up a big portion of the uh, runtime. Oh yeah, yeah, straight up. Um, now I, I just really want to quickly mention something. Like, uh, so, um, so first off, uh, watching the live action segments uh, in these uh, uh, on these shorts, it, it what it reminds me most of is, you know, it's like if you like went out to see, uh, like you went to a county fair. And you saw that there was going to be a live showing of the Three Stooges on stage uh, for, like, the kids and stuff like that. It was going to be free, and you just walked over there and watched it. And it is that level of, like, like low production, desperate on, like, the like the heels of, like, there's once, like, has been success. Uh, just old, tired, not funny, just really sad to watch kind of thing. Like, it's something that you watch, like, it's something you don't want to watch. It's something that, it's, it's basically, like, like, because, like, the jokes aren't necessarily bad jokes, but you could tell that they're tired. You could tell that they're, like, getting really too old for this shit. And it's, it's really depressing. It's really depressing. Uh, and especially since I have, really, like, I, like I've mentioned in the past, uh, is the show, like, The Three Stooges, uh, like in general, they they were very influential to me as a kid. Like they were really big on my like slapstick humor and all that kind of stuff. That helped me out a lot. Um, and like fucking god damn it! Like the only other thing I wrote, the other thing I wanted to mention was just uh, this cartoon is one joke. It is one joke. That is. That the piano players, the three series are piano players, they got chased out of town by someone. They decided, hey, we're not gonna get chased out of town. So they go back out, beat the shit out of him. Turns out it's the sheriff, and then they have to leave again. That is the entire fucking joke. They they were they were they thought that they were like being chased out by a bad guy. Turns out it was the sheriff, and they just really fucking hated this music. That's it. That'd have been like one section of it, or at least there would be like more stuff in between that twist there. There's almost nothing else there other than like a moment where like they're being cowards. And that's it. It is soul draining. It's very to watch it's very this. short. It, I, I do get the impression that these were written very quickly. Um yeah. and, and maybe and maybe in a in a way that feels actually a little bit insulting to uh to the audience, I guess. Like I, I uh-huh. that's kind of an overused uh, expression, I think. But it does feel like, that way a little bit, where it, where it feels like it feels like they were like, well, kids are going to be watching this, so we really don't need to put that much effort into it, do we? There's literally you know, a like, line where, like, in the three stages, like, are about to go on to the actual like cartoon. They say, "Hey, kids, want to hear about that time when we were cowboys? Oh, we got our horse around with that one." And it's just like it's so. F- Sad. Like, all I, just, of, I, I feel like all of the Three Stooges cartoon live action segments kind of ended in that same way of like, uh, of like, well, I, we're having a lot of fun today here, kids, but why don't we move on to our feature? You know, like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it feels kind of hokey. I don't know. Reminder, the first one we saw was the only one where the live action short actually takes place on a set. The other two have been in some f***ing field somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it, somewhere in like it's, the mountain west region. It seems like uh, 
it's probably one of those yeah. areas in California, like near Bronson Cave, where you don't really need to have a permit to shoot there. You just do it because they probably wants to shoot there. They probably just filmed multiple on the same day, I'm guessing, and they just oh, didn't well, change I'm locations. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, whatever. It was bad, but I don't, I don't know. It's not worth getting bitter over, I think. <sighs> Um, I, I, feel I, like, I just I feel like I feel like that I have the emotional attachment to the Three Stooges that you don't. Uh, so therefore, it's not as depressing to you, but it's super depressing. No, 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 to no, me. no. It's fine. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to berate you at all. I'm just saying, like, no, no, I got you. You know, it's nah, it's fine. Yeah. So now we've got past the part where we hurt ourselves a lot. Uh. Let's get to the celebration. Let's yeah. Let's have a nice. Let's have a nice part of this podcast. Yeah. So let's let's. let's so this is this is the. Uh, I would pull out the noisemakers, but it would probably fuck up the audio. So yeah, it'd probably blow it out really bad. Sorry. Too bad we uh, can't edit in noisemakers. <gasps> Do you hear that? No. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Are those vuvuzelas? Oh no. We're doing one of these, huh? Oh no, is that is that broken glass shattering? Is that Danny DeVito? Can I offer you a nice is that the sound of a clown getting Is that is that is that the sound of a clown getting shot? Alright, you're done. <laughs> put as put as much of that as you want in, Alex. I'm not going to I'm not going to make you yeah. do like extensive editing on this for our stupid joke if you don't want to. You're yeah. not our editor monkey, except when you are. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so this is the part of their podcast where we talk about, like, think we have prompts. Now, uh, before we get to the newest prompt, uh, we are going to first talk about, uh, so Mycroft wrote in, uh, and uh, they wrote in about uh, an anime commercial that they really liked. So, because that was our prompt for last week. Uh, if you ever do want to reply to any of our prompts that we've done in the past, uh, feel free to do so. Just send us an email at toontownpublicworks at gmail.com. Uh, and if you just want to send an email that direction too, just to say hi or whatever, then feel free to do that as well. But yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, so uh, Microfroats writes, Hello all. I hope this isn't too late. Kind of was. Sorry. So we're just going to pick up now. Uh, one animated commercial from 1987 whose catchy tune and interesting visuals still stick with me to this day is the one for Hershey Whatchamacallit Bar. The Hershey Whatchamacallit Bar. I don't know this one. Um, so I'm going to put this in, I'm going to put this in our little conversation. Uh, gobbledygook. What's its face? Whatchamacallit, whatever it is, whatever it was. Yes, that was actually really rad. Yeah, uh, it. yeah. Um, the artwork reminds me a lot of the uh, like the old timey newspaper like pulp comic type stuff. You know? Yeah, it felt a little bit like pop arty to me. Yeah, definitely. What 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 it really reminded me of is like those old Sesame Street things you know like those like cartoons where they would say like the number nine. Oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah and yeah it, i agree some of those shots are very much like that kind of thing so but yeah that's that's a good response so thank yeah. you mycroft thank you mycroft thank you and now let's go on to our next prompt which is our most current prompt 
And uh, the prompt was, since it is our 25th anniversary, or not anniversary, wow, we've been doing this for 25 years. Yes. Um, <laughs> I got Benjamin like Button it. disease, y'all. Yeah, I feel like I've been doing this for 25 years, just today. Um, <laughs> but um, anyways, uh, so this is a... Uh, uh, this is our 25th episode. It's not our full anniversary. We're actually, uh, that's not coming up for a little bit here. Uh, but we wanted to celebrate it because we've done 25 episodes, and that's kind of incredible considering that Casey thought that we were only going to do one. Um, so, I've never, I've never uh, done 25 of anything. Yeah, wow. Uh, 25 so sit-ups. 25 enchiladas. Nope. 25 donuts in the parking lot. <laughs> uh, 25 links to the links to the center of a Tootsie Pop. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just free association nonsense here. You're still uh, loopy. Let's yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go ahead and. So okay, our prompt for this week was just to ask us questions. So you uh, you stuff. give us prompts basically. Yeah. So, uh, here we gotta go. So our first uh, email was from Jace, uh, who is a longtime writer here. Uh, so hi, Jace. So their question is, which TV network and or t- cartoon-centric TV network blocks were instrumental to your fascinations with cartoons way back when? Um, oh, geez. I mean... Well, I can answer that right off the bat. Yeah, you, Casey, you go ahead. Uh, I, both Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network, I would say, were the main two for me. Uh, first Nickelodeon and then Cartoon Network when it became available in our cable package. Um, but if, if we're talking about blocks, I don't even remember the name of the Cartoon Network block that aired when I was like 13 or so. It's the was one it where the Cartoon they, Cartoon Show? Or was it Cartoon Cartoons? I don't know. It had cartoon, like a, cartoon Fridays? It had what felt like sort of like a live recording uh in between cartoons and it had like a, that's where they premiered uh foster's home for imaginary friends i think I, um I, I think that's what it was I on cartoon cartoon fridays wasn't that because like, i think had, it was like, on the, thursdays the though i'm pretty sure it was thursdays i remember being excited specifically to come home from school on thursday to watch it i don't remember what it was called oh. though and I'm it, it might have sure. been brief and i feel like i feel like teen titans they also showed the new episodes of teen titans on it i don't recall but that's uh-huh. that's my answer. Okay. Um, for me, uh, you know, I'm going to say that uh, while Cartoon Cartoon Fridays was a huge block for me, uh, and so was, uh, like, you know, Nick, like Snick and all that kind of stuff. Those are really big, important ones for me that shaped me a bit. Uh, but I would honestly say that the one that shaped me the most and made me most fascinated with some cartoons would be PBS Kids. Uh, there's stuff like, you know, when it comes to like uh, like Sesame Street, there was also stuff like uh, Magic School Bus and uh, like there was just so many good shit that like Arthur. Arthur was like huge and Arthur is still funny today. Okay. It really is. Um, so like, I don't know. I think, I feel like that, like there's a sort of like part of me that's just like, uh, I still watched PBS kids 
way past the point where I should have been. Like, I think I was like 10 when I stopped watching PBS Kids. Maybe I was like 12 or something. Like, I know that was absurdly old for me to watch that block of movie, but I still enjoyed it a lot. Um, and I think it was very influential to me in a lot of ways. Uh, it sparked a thing of learning and uh, education for me, and it's genuinely fun programming and definitely inspired my uh, uh, animation uh, taste as well. So, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, PBS Kids. Okay, so for me, there are four big ones. We got Fox Kids, their animation block really got me into Digimon and uh, all the Marvel TV shows for like uh, up until like those went off the air. WB oh, you like fake Pokemon? What? You liked fake Pokemon? Uh, I liked fake Pokemon and real Pokemon. That's where that's where me. real Pokemon aired too, right? The yeah yeah. Because uh, I, I, I watched so. it only for Pokemon and Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries growing up. Oh, f- Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries, Lord. Yeah, but, yeah. I think everyone forgot that, <laughs> but me. I kind of remember, yeah. but uh, go on, Sirk. We got that, WB Kids, okay. the, uh, I think it was Cartoon Cartoon Fridays on Cartoon Network. Bunch of really good cartoons on that one. This was in back in the heyday where they had uh, Dexter, Powerpuff Girls, I Am Weasel, those sort of things. Yes. And then Toonami, which was just in general filled with a lot of good... Uh, Cartoons and also Dragon Ball Z, which I watched, not really paying attention while waiting for Sheep and Big City to come on at like midnight. Um, you know what phenomenon I missed out on, like hardcore. Uh, that was the Saturday morning cartoon, uh, because at my time zone, most Saturday morning cartoons were started around like seven a.m. and I was not that up that early on fucking weekends. Yeah, same here. Because we we probably grew up in the same time zone. Uh, yeah. So, so like I never I never watched Saturday morning cartoons on Saturday mornings. <laughs> yeah, like no, I I I had to wait until like stuff like Recess and Pepper Ann and so many of these other like one Saturday morning cartoons to go on to like Disney Channel on like primetime hours before I would actually see any of those. Um. So like, it's it's such a a weird phenomenon uh but yeah same with animaniacs like i completely miss animaniacs when it first came on because it was on way too early and i just was not did not give a shit that much that early in the morning to watch it so uh so yeah thank you jace thank you uh all right so uh fen uh wrote in hey, fen. and they said they said hey tunes uh do you feel different? Do you feel like that you look at cartoons differently after trawling through the archives? Huh. That's actually a really interesting question. Um, the answer for me is I, yes. I would say yes and no. I mean, like, uh, hmm. I, I, I do think that, like, uh, there the, the, the most interesting thing that come out of Toontown Public Works for me is learning about these characters that had these long-standing careers and all these uh, all this stuff like 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 that I just never even heard of, and also how many attempts at making those long-standing characters existed too, like um, like stuff like uh, Hunky and Spunky, which I would have never known about, mm-hmm. uh, but that was definitely an attempt to make a franchise. 
uh, it's always it's always really interesting to me because like there's all those like like and then there's like the sh- like the uh, the hungry lion which was just like one cartoon that was very middle of the road and obviously that was not gonna make another character but like it looked like they were trying to make another character with that it, it, it's 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 just interesting to see like cartoons history from like that kind of perspective from where it's Basically, it's quote-unquote failures came from, you know. Yeah, but there's also Stuff something that, about specifically watching cartoons with the intention of talking about them that kind of makes you watch them in a different way than is maybe intended. And I think that uh, I think that kind of has also sort of given me a little bit more perspective because I'll watch these cartoons and, like, I'll have, I'll have, like, thoughts in my mind of, like, what techniques do you think were used to make this? Or what tropes in this cartoon were present in the other ones? Uh, you know, like, like what, what context yeah. did these things maybe mean different things at the time that they were created? Um, so I think, I think that just because it's more analytical than I would watching cartoons for leisure, which is what I usually do. Like, I, I think that I've gained a whole lot of new perspective on, uh, on animation as a medium in general from doing this podcast. Yeah. I would say personally that, like, since we've been ma- mainly, like, having nights sometimes where we're, like, straight up mainlining inkblot cartoons through our veins, like, one after the other... I'd say that this uh this has made me uh appreciate the inkblot cartoons like a lot more and like I mm-hmm. I didn't really give a uh, care about Baby before this podcast and now I really like those cartoons a lot so yeah, yeah. I would but also, say oh sorry you finished no well okay well I would say though like for more modern cartoons I I mostly stick stuck with like a what I felt like about them in the past, you know? This is mainly for me going back and looking at historical stuff. Yeah, and like and that's that's the other thing I kinda wanted to touch on was like uh was like we like it's easy for us to talk about and uh and hear about the cartoons that are successful. Um, but something that this like a, a rare something I, I really actually appreciate that's kind of rare that this podcast has provided to us. Uh, is that we do get an opportunity to to kind of uh, learn a bit about cartoons that just never were able to surface, uh, like uh, you know, like Colonel Bleep or uh, or Wacky and Packy. You know, the ones that we by and large mostly hate. You know, like uh, there there's a reason they didn't withstand the test of time. But it is it is really fascinating to uh, like honestly, to like I think like okay for not knowing about Wacky and Packy. <laughs> Yeah, but like, like, but I would, I would say I appreciate knowing about Uncle Croc's block. Um, no, yeah, I feel like I've, I'm, I feel like point. I've been enriched, enriched in the same way. Enriched, that like, yes. Enriched in the same way that I feel like, uh, I don't know, learning that mother hamsters eat their young has me enriched. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like it's it's a it's a morbid kind of thing. Like oh, I guess this exists too. That's you're, kind of sad. You're very morbid this episode in general. <laughs> I think it's I think it's because you're sick. I don't know because like I I still no. I still like well I don't know I most, unless unless I think they're really boring. I actually do kind of enjoy watching the bad cartoons. Uh, just uh, no, I just I agree. because yeah. Like, 
like it's it's fun to watch the stuff that's like really out there and bizarre Mm -hmm. you know that's just kind of like like there's no way this would have actually been successful in any possible conceivable way but it's still interesting to see it and it's funny to see it for because in that context of like wow this how bad can it get and it's actually kind of interesting to see like like when it comes to like the three stooges ones, those might be depressed me because I don't think they're very interesting at all and it tarnishes a lot of them. But like stuff like Wacky and Packy and uh and Freddy Cat, they're basically mostly harmless land cartoons that are just so incomprehensible in some ways. And it's just I uh I don't know. It's it's fun to see how how what what that these things actually exist like that there's some person out there that said yes this is a good idea and that is interesting to me yeah all right so uh thank you for that fan thanks fan uh so uh your best buddy yes so gout butt has responded and they said hey tunes uh what's your favorite episode so thus far Hang oh on. boy! Okay. Hang on for a quick second. What's his name? Goat butt. Goat butt. <laughs> okay. Yes. Thanks, goat butt. Um. Oh, geez, though that—that's a hard question. What is? I really like the one where we watched uh, bad flash animations. No, that one's got to be my hands down my favorite because the the, uh, the, the, reason... the the Halloween special. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, I, I would say that any episode where we actually do get real, especially during, like, the prompt section, uh, I feel like those are really good episodes. But just for me on a personal level, like, those Flash cartoons, like, the fucking weird, like, surrealist, like, almost like, uh, like, it's almost like a critique of capitalism by accident uh, kind of thing. And it's just, it's so, it's so amazing the, and it makes me laugh so much that these things exist. Even if they are painful, it is hilarious. And I think they, they, they are my lifeblood at times. Like, in terms of, like, bad stuff. Like, that and, like, like they're basically the same kind of thing with, like, food fight. Like, I love anything that is just so, so incredibly bad that it does, like, it, but there's, like, so much, like, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's so weird to see that kind of thing. Like, it's. Who, like the, 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 there's a market for a video where minions just fart around for like an hour. That's it. Yeah, you know like, I, I, that might to... be my favorite too. Yeah, we well, might we might answer. all agree on that. Well, because we also we also saw face like a frog on that one. That's also so true. So we 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 not only did we uh, not only did we suffer through like kind of an anomaly like a, a much more contemporary anomaly than we're used to in cartoons, but we also watched one that we thought was very very good. Uh, so uh, so yeah, I would think that that's a that's a pretty great episode. I feel like more than favorite episodes, I just have a series of favorite moments, which I, I won't I won't dig into that much but. yeah there's, there's there's a lot of good moments yeah uh, but yeah I th- that's that's a different question altogether yeah. so uh let's go on to uh so we got one from uh doctor b and they said uh hey folks be here glad to see you reach 25 episodes thank you my question is my question is uh what is your favorite animated horror movie and uh if you can't think of one just name a favorite insect 
Um, oh so uh, I would say my favorite animated horror movie is Coraline. Uh, it is straight up like I I I make the argument a lot that Coraline is just a family friendly horror film. It is not particularly like slapsticky or over the top like a lot of cartoons tend to be. Even something like something like uh like a later works that uh that uh that Laika would do stuff like uh, uh like Paranorman, which also has a horror theming, but I think it's more of a straight up comedy. Uh Coraline is legitimately creepy, atmospheric and uh, like it is. If I saw that as a kid, I would be terrified watching it. But I would also love it a ton. Uh, and there's just so much about it that just really works. And it's like, I would have to say that one is my favorite animated horror movie. I go with that as well on the basis of not really knowing any other animated horror movies. Oh, and but, my favorite insect is uh, I really like those really fluffy pink moths. Those are great. But but yeah, Coraline Coraline has a very great aesthetic. I'm, it kind of sucks that they cut the uh, Linnell song out of that, but uh, yeah. I mean, orig- so uh, originally, like for folks that don't know, originally uh, uh, the movie was planned to be a musical with music by they might be giants which there's a part of me that would love to see that universe where that existed uh because holy a stop motion film that is uh scored by they might be giants yes but like uh i'm really happy like an anniversary or something i mean like really like the the thing about it is just it's I like what they ended up doing. And there's one song that still makes it like, there's actually one part where like, uh, one song in the movie. And that one was sung by the, the maybe giants guy. Uh, what's his name? Um, I think it's John, John, Linnell, John Flansburg, yeah. the main singer, Marty. That, well, there's that would, you're probably thinking John Linnell, but John Linnell and John Flansburg kind of share that title. Yeah. John, John Linnell. He, he did write, uh, he did sing one song in the final version of Coraline. Uh, but. John Linnell's the one who sang Birdhouse in Your Soul. So, yeah, that's the guy. Okay. That's one. But uh, my yeah. favorite insect is the honeybee. <laughs> uh, the what? The honeybee. I don't know what that is. It's uh, That's my favorite insect. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Let's see. Because I can, I can choose a favorite, uh, you know, I guess... I, I I sadly haven't seen uh, a ton of horror animated horror films. I've perfect like wait, what's it called? Is it Perfect Blue? Has been on my list for a very long time. Uh, I'll probably oh, that's watch another that. good one. Yeah, uh, I'll probably yeah. watch that soon because it's like towards the top of my list. I guess if I had to pick one that I've seen though, I would say Paranorman, which isn't effective. Like like HT said, it isn't really effective as horror, but it is. It is horror by some definition of the term in that it's, it's you know, it's, it's horror it's themed. Horror themed. It's about horror. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not scary, but it is, I think it's a very good movie. Uh, I was actually shocked to discover it was a good movie because I didn't think I would like it based on what little yeah. I had seen from the promotional material. Uh, when I actually went around, yeah, right. I really like that movie. I think that, uh, I think that. Is a, a good movie to make like a, a Halloween it's, regular. 
it's it's hands down my favorite Leica movie. So it's very well done. Yeah. yeah. Um. That that so, like scene at the end, the uh, climax is wonderful. Yes. Yes. Uh. So uh, we got uh one more here from Closet Extrovert. Uh. So, uh, Closet says hi, Tunes. Uh, how would you feel about expanding the works to looking at some international animations? Uh, there's bound to be some gems out there. Um, you know, I, I, I really do think that there is room for something like that uh, on our show. Uh, see, the thing about uh, the show right now is that, at least in its current state, we have the list. And the list is pretty rigid because it's basically... Uh, what's available on that DVD collection that we got um, a while back. But, um, you know, in the future, uh, we would love to be able to expand out and maybe find stuff that might be not on the list. Uh, there's also, like, uh, we, one thing about our Patreon, like, one thing with our Patreon subscribers is, like, one, for our, like, I think our highest tier, which I believe is $10 a month, uh, you can actually suggest a cartoon for us to watch. Like if because we're honestly kind of clueless, we're not historians really. Honestly, we're just three doofuses who really like cartoons a lot. Um, so if you have any sort of interesting cartoon that's really old, international, interesting, you could definitely do that. Now you could always you could also like I, I just if if you do want to poke us sometime, just poke like throw it something in our direction. That'd be cool. Um, I just you know if you want to guarantee that we'll see it and we see it on the air and all that kind of stuff. That might be one thing you want to do, at least for now. Yes. Uh, we're still planning a lot of stuff out, but, uh, if, if the answer to the question, is there any interest in that? Yes, absolutely. I think, uh, I like foreign media is one of my favorite things. Uh, I love, uh, I love, uh, I love getting to sort of have a, a cultural experience. Uh, un- unfortunately mm-hmm. the closest thing we've had to cultural experiences on our podcast really have been, um, uh, they've they've been racist depictions of other right. cultures by white people, um, and that's you know I I think that I think that maybe getting uh, I think that maybe yeah if if yeah I I'm just gonna echo everything HT said if uh, if uh, you have like a, if you have a, a foreign cartoon that you would uh, that that you can find easily on YouTube that we would be able to link easily to the people who listen to our show um then uh and then my my yeah my major recommendation would be to uh, to go through the the avenue with the with the patreon and uh yeah at the start hook us up with that and we'll be glad to watch it for sure um so let's see what else uh i'm not seeing any more questions from our audiences so um I guess, let's see here. Let's go ahead and just, let's ask questions to each other, because, uh, yeah, that's kind of how we normally do it, so let's I got that. questions. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so, first off, I'm going to break tradition. Alex, Aki, I got a question for you two. Okay. <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. How special. <laughs> So, you two, what has been the most rewarding thing so far about working on this podcast? Oh boy, where do I begin? <laughs> um, so uh, initially, I uh, 
I basically, um, well, HT told me about the podcast uh, when it was still kind of forming, like, as an idea, and um, I figured, hey, uh, why not? I mean, it'll give me a little experience in a field of audio work that I hadn't really uh, had a lot of experience in before, and so I I figured I'd, I'd try it out. I figured that it'd give me, uh, if nothing else, like, a sort of, like, uh, thing to point to when, like, I'm applying for some sort of audio job and they ask me about my skill set. Um, but it ended up being so much more than I, I expected it could ever be. I mean, our podcast is legitimately entertaining, really funny at times, really informative, and, I mean, I'm, I'm all for overanalyzing dumb cartoons, so, uh, I'm just, thankful of, uh, to have had the opportunity to be, uh, to be part of something and to have, uh, made new friends from it. Cause you guys, all of you, all of you are really great. So I don't even, I don't know what else there is to say. I'm kind of, I think I'm kind of gushing at this point. So, um, uh, over to you, Aki. Hey everybody, uh, it's me, Aki. I suppose the most rewarding thing that I've gotten out of working on this podcast and working with everyone is, um... Besides getting to hang out with everybody and everyone's so nice and sweet, I got to learn a new program. Alex uses Ableton to edit, so I kind of had to learn it uh, from the ground up, but it wasn't that hard since I've used editors before, and now it's really cool because I have something that I could make music in, potentially. Other than that, uh, you guys are super great and awesome, and bye! <laughs> Thanks, you two. Um... Those are right. really good answers. Thank you. Yeah. Super good. So insightful. So brave. I I heard every single word. How do you feel about saying something so controversial yet so brave? Very good. Uh, I haven't thought of questions yet. Hey, KC. Yes. KC. Uh-huh. What's your favorite dog in that we've seen from all these shorts so far? Favorite uh, dog. Favorite dog person. Do it. It is Hector from Hector's Hectic Day. Uh, the, the, the one one who went to hell? The heck? Um, no, Hector's Hectic Day was the Christmas one, remember? The one, the dog oh, with the floppy ears. Yeah. Who finds the puppies. That's um, a good popper. That's a good pepperoni. Yes. That, is, that is one of my favorite cartoon dogs now. And, uh, and you get a bonus because that also has a mini pupper in it. Yes, it has four dogs in it, and they're all good. Yes. All right. All right. So, it's she. Yes. So when we when we first started discussing this podcast, like uh how did the image of it back then compare to what it is now, do you think? Um Well, I didn't expect to have like four people like will- ready and willing to bend over backwards to make this possible, that's for sure. Uh like I I, I, I kind of have an impression in my head when I was like with a lot of these kind of stuff is that like, well, it'd be really cool to get some people on there who know what the f*** they're doing because I definitely don't uh, to get a board on stuff like this. I kind of doubt that because it's reasonable because I don't I'm not really capable of paying anything right now, at least not until the Patreon like kicks up steam and all that. Uh, and uh, to have so many people just come up and just like say, yeah, I would love to work on this. And yeah, I'd love to help you out with this. And not only doing that, but also like putting in all of their work into it and like the best, like making a quality product that like 
surpasses what I was honestly expecting. Uh, it honestly is kind of amazing. Like it's, I was not expecting uh, that this podcast would actually be somewhat professional, and we actually managed to do that. And that's really impressive to me. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I really like how this uh, podcast has turned out. And I think part of that is not just us. It's definitely also from our editors who are very, very, very helpful. Of course. Of course. Like, like I literally, this show could not exist the way that it does without uh, yeah. Alex or a key. So thank you. Thank you guys so much. And, and thank you, too, for taking me along on this. Of course. Yes. All right, so... Have you thought you... of questions, HT? Um, all right. Here's I what have. I'm going to do. Uh, I want... My question is, I want... Well, I don't. it's not really a question, more of a request. I want both of you to say one thing they really like about the other host. Like, one of the other hosts. So, like... Uh, you know, Casey, you'll say something nice about Cirque and me, and et cetera, et cetera, like that. Oh, this is fun. This is cute. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, so, Cirque, uh, yeah? I think you are the nicest one on this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, straight um, I think that, <laughs> I think that you, uh, are uh, are always like very sensitive to uh, the feelings of uh, of other people, and uh, and I uh, I also really appreciate uh, I really appreciate the way that you sort of uh, I feel like you sort of uh, go out of your way to help uh, to help people around you smile, and I appreciate that. Thanks, dude. Um, yeah, of course, and HT. Uh, HT, I think that, uh, I think that you have just like a real, uh, just a real ironclad work ethic and, uh, and, uh, and, and similarly, you really, you really do care about your friends a lot. And that's something that I, uh, that's something that I really admire. And I, I feel that, that more so than me, uh, you, uh, you've managed to, uh, I don't know. I just, I just feel like you've, you've managed to act mature <laughs> in a lot of situations. Not maybe, maybe not in all of the jokes we make in our show. Right. <laughs> uh, none of us get that honor, <laughs> but, <laughs> but just situationally. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you. That's honestly really, really sweet. Um, You're welcome. Um, so Casey, uh, mm-hmm. what I really like about you is honestly just that you are so like like honestly you really do like think a lot about uh the implications of things like you're you're the one who like straight up like will say like you know maybe we should like you know chillax on something like that like something like that or like mm-hmm. uh you know you're you're willing to like step up to be like the devil's advocate for something that we have not realized you're really good at spotting that kind of thing and I really really appreciate that because um I feel like that I'm someone who can like miss a lot of little details like that. And I, I, I really appreciate someone going out there and like actually like being polite about fix, like, like basically correcting me on like things that I've 
you know, messed up like that. And I really, really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and uh, for Cirque, well, I really thankful that you've been my best friend for nearly a decade now. Um, you have been uh, so nice to me uh, all of these years. And the fact that you were like, like the fact that you wanted to get on this podcast in the first place, like honestly kind of shocks me. Uh, cause I don't know. I, I just, it's, it's, it's such a, you're one of the nicest people I know straight up. And, uh, you help me keep myself like level headed, even in the moments where I'm like, I feel like that I don't want to hear that kind of like talk. Like I just want to be down in the dumps and just fucking miserable. And you're always the one who like, at least gives a little bit of like optimism in there that even if I don't want to hear it right now, it is what I need to hear. So, thank you. That, that means a lot to me, dude. Thank you. Uh, well, this is gonna be easy. Uh, HG, you really bring, like, a, uh, a goofy, fun drive to this whole podcast that I think really pushes it forwards in a really good direction. I, I, always, I always appreciate having you around to, like, be able to, like, sort of, like, you know, run us in a really good direction, you know? Thank you. You're welcome. Casey? Yes, hello. You seem like a super cool person. You're all knowledgeable about a bunch of stuff that's like, that I think really helps this podcast out. And also, you got a lot of cool interests, you know? Like, it seems like we, we sort of run in the same direction on that stuff, like with horror stuff and stuff like that. Shucks, thank you. You're welcome, dude. Should we talk about our editors? <laughs> Yeah, of course. Well, of course. Um, I mean, for Alex, straight up, you work so incredibly hard. You run yourself ragged sometimes, and I, I, I get a little worried about that sometimes. But um, you are just so good at putting in little weird details that I would never even think of. Uh, like, I think of only, like, out of all the gags that you've inserted throughout the entire series, there's only one that I actually personally requested, and everything else is entirely him. So that is, you You are really funny. You're really good at this. And thank you for that. And Aki, you are just incredibly sweet. Like I've, I've known you for a few years now and it's just like, uh, I love being around you in person and you're just, you're, you're really good at like, you're, you're very musical talented. You're very, you know, so I, I'll be honest, like uh, a lot of the technical side of Two Town Bob Works kind of goes over my head. Uh, and I'm so happy that you and Alex are so are really capable of like elevating this. So thank you. Um, Alex, you have such a strong moral center. Uh, so e even to a fault at times, uh, you have a you have a strong moral center, and uh, and you uh, like HT said, you you do work so hard. Uh, to make sure that the details of this show are, are done uh, perfectly. Um, you know, you, you pay attention to timing and you pay attention to, uh, to just a lot of small, seemingly minuscule details that, uh, that, sort of, uh, that sort of give the podcast a professional quality uh, that it would be missing otherwise. And I also really appreciate your commentary when, when you uh, edit the podcast and you watch the cartoons along with it. Uh, I think that you make some nice, amusing comments, uh, and I, I really appreciate those. And uh, and uh, Aki, it's the the same that HT said. You're just so you're so nice, so sweet, 
Um, and uh, and you always uh, and you always have people's interests at heart. So thank you very much for that. And I'm excited to uh, hang out with you at BLFC. Alex, I I really appreciate getting the chance to know you. I mean, you are into some really really cool stuff with your uh, with your music and like all your like uh your uh messing around with your bow color and stuff. I, I really want to find out more about that stuff. I mean, you you just you're just so awesome, man. I I I love that you're willing to talk to me about this stuff and like like we can share stuff together and that sort of stuff. And Aki. I really haven't known you for too long, but I really, really like you already. You're you're super cool. And it's 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 cool that you like wanna be friends with me and stuff. I I really appreciate that. Thank you guys so much for all the hard work that you do on this podcast. Hmm. Wow, very sentimental episode. Wow, we was last episode the one that we also were very sentimental on yeah, towards the end. I think that's we're kind just of we're just getting like us. sappier. <laughs> this is like, this is well, this is happening. Soon we're not even going to talk about cartoons. We're just going to compliment each other, and that's going to be our we're just going to masturbate uh, on life for like five yeah. hours. <laughs> Basically, um, there there was some short on a cartoon where I think they were making fun of like a PBS or Mister Rogers Neighborhood, where it was just two characters going. You're nice. You're nice. You're nice. It's the it's this. This is the <laughs> podcast now. That's our podcast now. Um, we're, we're, making love and t- we're making love in Technicolor. That's what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, not that. Uh, so uh, I didn't ask a question, and we're running a little long. So, what color is your toothbrush? Mine is orange. <laughs> what? What color is your toothbrush? Oh, uh, mine is orange and blue. Uh, White. I, Wow. What, wow. An, what an assortment of, of colors we have had between us, orange, white, and blue. Three colors, uh, like a wow. Tide Pod. <laughs> oh, shit. <We> did <laughs> is, this, is, this the, is this the Tide Pod challenge the kids are talking about? Put your phone in your mouth right now. The Don't Tide Pod know? challenge to have friends whose toothbrush colors are similar to a Tide Pod together. I don't see how this is so deadly, but sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was my that was that was my question only because of how much time we've gone. Yeah. Uh, so if next uh, time we do a Q and A, I'll come up with something more in depth. All right. So uh, for uh, next month, uh, or not not next month, but next uh, episode, uh, our prompt is. All right. So our next question is, and this one's kind of a weighty one here. Uh, who in the animation industry is a creative influence to you? Hmm. Now, keep in mind, just because they're a creative influence does not mean that they are morally good. So if you want to say some person who is a total dickhead or something like that, then you could do so. You could just just acknowledge that that it is problematic. I got a jokey (laughs) answer already. Don Bluth. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Ralph uh, Bashke. <laughs> I'm, I'm, creatively, I'm creatively influenced by Ralph Bashke, and that I am a cat who fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's end the podcast uh, on that note. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put that on the I'm gonna put that on the grave of Cirque's grave right there. Um, 
But anyways, uh, so thank you for listening to Town Public Works. Um, so uh, as we mentioned previously, uh, our Patreon is now up and going. We have our first bonus episode where we watch the Emoji Movie and we basically try to say something nice about it. And we currently have a poll up there uh, where we're going to watch, uh, where we choose which uh, next cartoon movie. I believe the choices are between Chicken Little uh, by Disney, uh, Ants by DreamWorks, uh, there's uh, the Angry Birds movie, uh, and, oh god, what were the other ones? Oh, Alpha and Omega, and, <laughs> god, what was that last one? Was it the Woody Woodpecker? Did we already Yes, that? Woody Woodpecker. Yeah. Woody Woodpecker. That's right. The live action Woody Woodpecker because it counts because it's Woody uh, And I know I know that the idea of listening to five people talk about the Emoji Movie sounds kind of insufferable, but I really think we managed to pull an interesting conversation out of that movie. Oh, no. I feel, I, like, I I feel like our episode, our, uh, the bonus episode for the Emoji Movie, I do really, really like. So Yeah, like I, I really want to actually have real conversations about these movies. I don't want to just yeah. be a sh- had to just yeah there is not not so much what were they thinking we we actually had yeah (laughs) i feel like we actually i feel like we actually talked about this movie in a way that would be considered uh worthwhile to fans of our show so yeah take that into consideration so yeah though those are available on the five dollar level uh and we are working on like trying to waste like uh like if you have any feedback for our patreon definitely shout us our way so we can like Look into what we can do. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, we'd love, if you support us that way, that would be really mean us a lot. Uh, so uh, let's see. Now, if you wanted to respond to this, uh, the most recent prompt, or any prompt that we've had in the past, including the question ones, uh, you can send us that question to uh, toontownpublicworks at gmail.com. If you want to respond to the most recent prompt, uh, we will have uh, a tweet out uh, when this episode comes out or, you know, Sometimes maybe a little bit sooner than that, uh, and uh, well, I, I, we're 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 working on the idea of doing a hashtag, so then maybe we can actually organize this. Um, but, yeah, so we don't have so much trouble finding people's responses. <laughs> yeah, like like um, honestly, the best way to get in contact with us is to email that toontownpublicworks at gmail But if Twitter is the best way to do it, uh, I'm considering just make sure you add the hashtag, which I'm gonna work on with that. We'll figure that uh, out. Yeah. Uh, uh, so if you want to watch any of the cartoons that we saw today, uh, go ahead and check the show notes at toontownpublicworks.com. And please feel free to leave us a review on iTunes because it, or anywhere else you find us because it is really helpful in getting us like uh, views and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Or we can just get us with feedback. Or we can just get we- Alex to tweet more about BoJack Horseman. <laughs> That'll work too. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I think, (laughs) no joke, I feel like that the Bojack Horseman tweet has given us nearly as many followers as the Mbim. My brother, uh, my brother and me, yeah. The ad we did. Yeah. Oh, well, not, (laughs) not, not necessarily, but it's, it's. It got us more, it got us probably more Twitter followers than that did, so. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Now, uh, is there anything else? I think that's it. So, uh, I'm H.T. the Raccoon. I'm Casey the dog. I'm Sir the cat. And this has been Toontown Popcorn Works. And these cartoons have been archived. And now I am going to go pass out. Go to sleep. Quick, steal his stuff. We sell all those nice things and we fool them. Steal his stuff. All of his.
shinies, his, his collection of, of, uh, rare, uh, bobbleheads and, and corn cobs with sharpie faces corn on cobs? them. What? What the f- I'm yeah. not talking about. You're I'm asleep, motherfucker. I know, I'm talking in my sleep. <laughs> okay. This bit okay. is not this bit is not working at all. <laughs> hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. We've done ever worked. Before no, I'm else, not good at improv. What? I'm gonna eat your amiibos for e fame. No! Okay, I'm going to stop recording now. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>